and not come in for counseling, just do this certain thing. And so they called and he told them, well, they got upset and didn't do it and didn't show up. And the Lord said something. He said, uh, every time that the pastor is ministering, the table is being spread for the family to eat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he, he said this. He said, he said, there are people that just want to be spoon-fed. And they don't want to do anything to help change themselves. Now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't ever talk to your pastor or talk about a problem that you're going through. But, but understand, in this ministry, we'll help you, as, but we're not going to work harder than you do. I'm not going to work harder on your marriage than you will. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Because that's truth. Husbands have to love their wife like Christ loves the church. And they have to give themselves for their wife. Amen. What, what wives have to love their husbands. They have to submit. They have to walk in love. It's, it's, it's in the truth. It's, the truth says that's how you have a good marriage. Is that right? And so if someone comes and says, I'm having trouble in my marriage, okay, well, let's go to the Word. What's the Word say? Right? Well, he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that. Okay, I understand he might be all those things, but the Bible says that what you need to be careful about doing is pointing out all the wrong in your brother and that's where 90% of marriage problems come from is we don't look at each other as brothers and sisters in Christ first. My wife is my sister in Christ as much as my wife. <laughs> do, do you see this? And when I take those guidelines in the Word and I'm walking with my wife as a fellow believer and I'm applying those principles, then there's, there's, there's not going to be animosity. There's not going to be strife. Because love is, is the ruling force. Hallelujah. But see, now that's the truth, though. When you, when you counsel a lot of times, the wife wants you to fix the husband without her having to change, and the husband wants you to fix the wife without him having to change. Well, here's the thing. I've been doing this long enough to know something. If there's fighting going on, it takes two to tango. It takes two to argue. You can't have an argument with one person. You say, how do you know? Because I've tried it. It just don't work. It doesn't work. I know of which I speak. <laughs> But, but, but here's the point, I'm not, I'm not talking about home and family living, but that's what a lot of people want. Well, the Holy Spirit can illuminate something that you're making an effort to know. If you go to God and you get on your knees and you say, Father, show me how to be a better husband to my wife, God will start showing you. The Holy Spirit will start showing you. Well, I, but I got a problem with my temper. You go to the Lord and you say, Lord, show me how to deal with this. Right? 
Because you got one of two choices. Either get the truth on it and deal with it or keep blaming everybody else for everything that's going on in your life. And three marriages later, you'll still be blaming the wife or the husband and it could have been fixed if they would have just listened to the truth. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit can't illuminate when I'm not making an effort to know. Amen. And I want to be very clear. If you've been divorced in here, no, nobody has anything against you or, or I don't think you've done some horrible sin. But what I am saying is this, is I've dealt with that over the years and, 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 and <laughs> I'm going to shut up about that. John 8, 44. John 8, 44. Jesus is dealing with the religious leaders of his day and notice what he says. He says, you are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and did not abide in the truth. Because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. He's a liar and the father of it. Notice the devil did not stay in the truth. He could have. But he didn't. He didn't stay. One translation, the Ben Campbell Johnson translation says, He swerved from the truth. In other words, he got out of the lane of the truth. See, the thing, the, the, the reason the devil and demons can never be saved is number one, they were not tempted to sin. They did it on their own. They willfully walked away from the truth. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, if you sin willfully after you've had a full knowledge of the truth, there's no more sacrifice for sin. Now, it doesn't mean a person can't be saved. It means you got to come back and do your first works over again because there's no other way. Amen. The, the devil can never be saved secondly because he doesn't want to be saved. He doesn't want anything to do with God. He doesn't want anything to do with the things of God. He willfully swerved from the truth. There's, and notice, because he swerved from the truth, there's no truth in him. When you abandon truth, you lose truth. And the Bible says when he speaks a lie, when he speaks, it's a lie. The devil can speak something that's true, but it's with deceptive intentions. Well, it's written, he'll, he'll cause his angels to bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Well, we know that's what the Bible says. Psalm 91 says that. But what was, what was that truth uttered with? A deceptive intention to get Jesus to tempt God. And had Jesus tempted God, he would have violated the word. Is that right? So the, the, the enemy will say something that sounds true, but it's with a deceptive intention. But if you're not in the Word, the Word is the voice of God. And you won't know, you won't know the wrong voice if you're not constantly hearing the right voice. Amen. When you know what the Word says, you'll know how the Word sounds. So important. And, and people will get deceived by the enemy. And you can always trace it back to they're not in the Word. Because the devil can quote Scripture forward and backward. Amen. Right? The, the, the same enemy that will tempt someone to sin will tempt them and put the pressure on them until they sin. And then after they sin, beat them up because they sinned. Right? 
And, 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 and I've had people come and say, you know, <laughs> talking about their failures and talking about different things. And, 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 and just, well, I feel bad, but I guess I should feel bad because I sin. No, you shouldn't feel bad because you sin. You should, you should feel remorse. You should feel conviction because you hurt the heart of God. But the moment you ask Him to forgive you and you repented of it, it's over. It's done. It's gone. It, the, you, you are cleansed from all unrighteousness. You stand before the Father just as if you never sinned. See, if you're in the truth, you know that. But we've got people today that are on the sidelines or even out of church or out of the ministry because they made a mistake and they failed and they messed up and the enemy is keeping them in a bad spot. Listen, I don't care how you failed or where you failed. Get back up. Dust yourself off. Get back in the game. We got things to do. That's, that's the truth of it. Whoo! What, Jesus, what he said to Jesus in the wilderness was the word. It was true, but he was twisting the word to deceive. There's no truth in the devil. Now we know that, but that means when he speaks, it's a lie. Your words expose what you are. And when the devil lies, he's simply doing what's natural to him. Now that's important because, again, I've, I've been doing this long enough to tell you. I've had people come to me and they can, they, can, they can tell you everything the devil's saying. Oh, the devil's this and the devil's that and the devil said this and the devil said that. And I'll say, well, what's the Lord saying to you? Well, I don't know. But you know what the devil's saying, right? And, and if you're listening, you're listening to a lie. If I know that you're a liar... I have, no, I, I, will, I have no problem telling you I'm not listening to you because you lie. Amen. I've, I've told people that. I'm not, I'm not listening to what you have to say. You lie. Well, what they think about that it really didn't matter. And I'm not a confronted person, but I will not listen to a liar. <laughs> because, right, what's the Bible say about an angry man? Don't hang out with an angry man because you'll learn his ways. Don't listen to a liar. You'll learn how to lie. Well, now think about that. So don't listen to the devil. What do you refer the devil back to? Truth. What counters a lie? Truth. The answer for a lie is truth. Is that right? The enemy will throw a thought in your mind then go look at you, righteous thing, thinking that thought. And here's what, what a large part of believers do. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, get, I thought I was free. The, the devil threw that fiery arrow at your mind. It was his thought. And instead of that believer going, no, nope, that's not my thought. I take that captive right now and cast it down. They'll sit there and beat themselves up. Well, what would people think if they knew I was thinking that way? Well, that's not a God thought. Amen. Do you see this? He, when, 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 when he lies, when he speaks, he speaks suitable to his character. And he's expressing his own nature. A lie. And the people that Jesus was talking to would not receive the truth about who Jesus was. And Jesus says it was because they were of their father, the devil. 
Notice what he said. You're of your father the devil and you won't hear the truth. You won't hear the truth. Notice Romans chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. Romans 1 and verse 24, and there's so much here, I don't, I don't have time to go through all the verses, but we're going to go through a few of them. Romans 1 and 24, wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, notice, who changed or exchanged, the word change there is exchange, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now notice, this is so important. The word, the truth, has to be exchanged for a lie. It cannot be changed into a lie. In order to believe a lie, you have to stop believing the truth. You can't believe both of them. And folks, I've dealt with this over the years from any, any subject, you name it. I've dealt with it on tithing. I've dealt with it on church attendance, marriage, you name it. I've, I've dealt with this. Where somebody will get an idea. Amen. And, and, and in order to believe that idea, they've got to exchange the truth for a lie. I told one young man one time, I said, look. He, he came in and was talking to me about he was getting a divorce. And, and he was in, in, instigating it. And I said, okay, well, let me ask you this. I said, has your wife been unfaithful? Nope. Uh, is there abuse going on? Nope. And he just looked at me. I said, then you don't have a ground. I mean, you can do whatever you want. This is America. It's a free country. You can do what you want. But I'm telling you, biblically, you don't have a ground. See, that's what Jesus meant in the book of Matthew when, when, when they came to him and talked about putting away your wife. And remember Jesus said, uh, 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 you put your wife away for any cause, put her away. In other words, God just comes home, I don't like living with you no more, I'm going to put you away. Wasn't talking about a divorce in the, in the terms of irreconcilable differences or something of that nature. He was talking about a guy just, I don't, I don't want to live with you anymore and I'm putting you away. You know, it's a guy comes home and his wife's 40 and he wants to trade in his 40-year-old for two 20-year-olds, so he just says, I'm going to put you away. That's a little humor, very little, but, but here, here, here's, here's the point. See, there's no truth there. Now, now thankfully, that, that, young man, that, that young man did get a divorce, but he repented, came back to the Lord. God's put his life back together. But, but here's the thing. See, there was, there was no truth there. You can't just go do that. What does the truth say? You've got to exchange the truth for a lie. And, and I want you to carry that in your mind. When you exchange something, you get something for Christmas that doesn't fit, you go exchange it for something else. When you take the truth and exchange it for a lie, you're giving up the truth and receiving a lie back. And, and, and notice that Paul says that God gave them up. God let them go that route of uncleanness. Why? Because they exchanged the truth for a lie. Mm. Do, you, do you see that? There are things 
that we have no business even entertaining because they're lies. As Christians, there are things we have no business even entertaining. The world says entertaining other ideas and other schools of thought that differ from the word is enlightenment. But in reality, it's dangerous and will lead to spiritual blindness. Amen. Do, do, do you see this? I've, I've had people before, uh, uh, seen people preaching and quote extra biblical books. And I don't mean things like Josephus and antiquities and things of that nature. I mean, uh, you know, like the book of Enoch and, and these other books. Well, the book of Enoch says this. Well, yet, listen, there's no truth in that. Mm, got quiet in here. I'm, I'm very cautious about things. I use other translations, but if this isn't enough, there's a problem. And I quote other translations, and you know that I do. But, but here's my point. Extra-biblical sources. And I've heard people say, well, you know, the, the Bible doesn't explicitly say this, but this historian said, now, wait a minute, wait, hang on. So we're putting our trust in what a fallible man can say to make our decisions. Do you see that? Everything that we hear must line up with the Word. I heard, I heard one person say one time, you know where the Bible says that Elijah was fed by ravens? That it wasn't birds. It was a group of people that they called the ravens. But look up that word raven. Birds. All right? I mean, I know people say, well, it doesn't matter. It, it matters... Because it causes people to question the truth. Right? Just like that horse in Acts chapter 9 that Paul got knocked off of. That horse is not there. There's no horse in Paul's conversion. Well, you know he was riding a horse. No, I don't because the Bible doesn't say he was. That's not the difference between heaven and hell. But if you put a horse in that scripture, what else are you adding to the truth? What else do I have to look double check? You have a right to come to church and not have to double and triple check everything that's said. That's right. That's right. It needs to be, to be preached and taught by what the Word says. Amen. Amen. Verse 26, notice, For this cause God gave them devile affections, even their women changed the natural use into that which is against nature. And the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. So, so notice, why did God allow them to pursue what the Greek says dishonorable passions because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Now that's important. Because notice how quickly this moved forward. Once you start believing a lie about something, things speed up in that area. They speed up. Amen. Dishonorable passions. And, and notice, God let them pursue it. It, it says, God gave them up to vile affections. He let them do it. Why? Because they exchanged the truth for a lie. Now, verse uh, 28. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Notice they didn't want to acknowledge God. Isn't that something? Well, you can't acknowledge God doing something that's against the truth. Because if you acknowledge God and that God's right, you got to change. Is that right? Because of this, it says they were given over to a reprobate mind. A mind void of judgment. A mind with, not, with no good judgment is what it means. It can mean a darkened mind or a darkened perception. Amen. They, they just don't have good judgment. What you see a lot of today is just people are making bad decisions. And they don't have good judgment. Amen. Mm. I saw something today where they're wanting to change the term pedophile to an acronym MAPS, M-A-P-S. Something to do with uh, uh, mature people with uh, young person attractions. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't call it a pedophile anymore. Make it nicer. Well, that just doesn't make sense. I personally think pedophile's too nice. But I'm not getting political. But, but, but the point is, that just is not good judgment. I said that's just not good judgment. Where does that kind of thinking come from? A reprobate mind. Why do they have a reprobate mind? Because they exchange the truth for a lie. Do you see that? This is so important. People that don't live by the truth cannot consistently make right decisions. You just won't. Amen. You know, ever, ever what you think of, of things, I... I try very hard. We have a, a five-year-old now, just turned five. And, and I do everything within my power to not have to physically discipline her. I, I want her to listen to my words. I want her to respond by my words. Right? And, and I, I've, I've never physically disciplined her. But here, here's my point. Here's my point. Whether I've done that or not, it still doesn't take away from the fact that the Bible says that there are times that to save the child's soul, they need to feel some discomfort. Now, ever how that may be, whether it's physical discipline, a time out, grounding, taking something away, right? The Bible says, the truth says that for a person to realize a child to realize where they made a mistake, they need to have some discomfort because of the decision they made. But we live in a society where where there's no recompense for things that are done wrong and we are living in the part of the Bible where it says they will call good evil and evil good. Amen. Amen. And society, society makes no, they make no delineation. 
If you stand for truth, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, male or female, they don't like you. They dislike what you stand for because it's the truth. Amen. Amen. Let me move on. Whew. Verse 32, notice. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do they do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. Notice that. The Woos Bible says, Such are those who, knowing the judgment of God, that these who practice such things are worthy of death, not only habitually do the same things, but take pleasure in those who practice them. If you listen to a lie long enough, you'll eventually put your approval on the lie, regardless of what God says. That's why there's things you shouldn't entertain. That's why as a parent, you have to care what's being taught in your child's school. You have to care. Why trust them? That's foolish. You have to care. Because if they start teaching one thing that's not true, they'll start teaching more things that are not true. Amen. You have to care where you go to church, what you're hearing, what you're putting in your mind. You, you have to be, you have to care about that. Amen. I've heard, I've heard Christian people say, well, you know, what's wrong with two people loving one another, even if they are the same sex? Well, it's the truth. What does the truth say? The truth says that's unseemly. That's, it's, it's a dishonorable passion. And, and, and that's a nice way of putting it. Right? Remember what the world says? Well, you can't help who you love. Well, see, that's a lie. Amen. I mean, if it's not a convenient time to have a child right now, just abort it. Well, that's the world's way. That's not God's way. God's way, God said, he that sheds innocent blood will be held responsible for that. That's right. Do, do you see this? And the, and the world tries to inundate the body of Christ and the Christian with the idea that somehow that's normal. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's not reproductive rights. You, you don't have a right to inflict pain on another human being. And regardless of what people want to say on, on both sides of the spectrum, a child in the womb of its mother is not, is not separate from that mother in the sense that it is dependent upon her for life at that point, but it is a separate, autonomous human being. Amen. The, why? Because the Bible says it is. It says you were your own person when, when you were formed in your mother's belly. The Bible says that at conception, your spirit showed up. That child that's being carried in the womb of that mother has a separate, distinct spirit. It's living. It's a living soul in the eyes of God. Amen. And nobody has the right to take that life. 
well, it's, it's my body. That's not your body. That child has its own body. It has its own fingers and toes and eyes and ears and nose. Amen. And God views it as a living being. Do, do you see that? But if you listen to the lie long enough, right? Oh, hallelujah. Because convenience is no excuse to destroy a life. Well, it's just not a good time right now. Not a good time for our family right now. I mean, I've already got, got one child. I got one child that's a year and a half old. I, and, and, and I got another one that's three years old. And I just, I just, you know, it's just not a convenient time right now. So how are you going to sit down and explain to your uh, three-year-old and your one-and-a-half-year-old that you killed their little brother or sister? How, 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 does that, how does that work? I love you with all my heart, but I took the life of your little Sibling. Now people will say, Pastor, that's, that's, what's that got to do with the truth? Because if you don't view the truth as the truth in every area, you can't cherry pick what you think truth is. Truth is truth irregardless. And what I see so many people doing, instead of just preaching the truth and going down the middle of the road, you got so many pastors political leaning over here and political leaning over here. Listen, God's not a Republican or a Democrat. God's not even an American. God makes decisions based on His Word. I have never voted on somebody just based on what party they're from, what gender they are, or what race or ethnicity they are. It makes no difference to me if they're a Democrat and they are more closely aligned with the word than the Republican, I'm going to vote for the donkey. Amen. Because it's the truth. Am I helping you? Oh, I, I got to hurry. I got to get, get done. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. This, I'll be wrapping this up. We'll go to John after this and we'll be done. Whew. See, th this, is, this is food that we grow on. Amen. Glory to God. And it's, and it's not just talking about things that are in, you know, political in nature. Listen, it's, 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 it's anything that we do. Listen. The, the answer to the racial tension in our nation is the truth. Well, people say, well, what's the truth? We're all created in the image of God. He made us all of one blood. God did not create black children and white children and Hispanic children. He created us all the same. Amen. You're my brother because of the blood of Jesus. And, and, and the answer is the truth. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 3. If our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world is blind in the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So notice, the gospel's the truth, obviously, and in order to stop the truth, the devil has to blind the mind. Why? Because the way you think is the way you'll see, and that's how you're going to be. That never changes. If you think that way, you'll see that way and you'll be that way. 
So if they think, if you, if a person thinks wrong, they'll see wrong, and if they see wrong, they'll act wrong. Glory to God. Now, here's this last one, John 18, because this this describes us. This is so important. Because if you want change, you make the, the truth your standard. Across the board. Across the board. You know, when God called me to be a pastor, I went to the truth about what a pastor has to do. Because it's a responsibility. Amen. And I, and I see these pastors and ministers falling. And I think, where's the care for the people? Do, do you see that? You, you can't, you can't, you can't live shady outside the church. You, you understand? Amen. Number one, because it's wrong. Number two, what about the people? What about the people that put their trust in you? Hallelujah. Somebody was asking me one time, they said, well, you, would you ever do that? I said, no, number one, I care what God thinks. Number two, I'm not going to go to hell for nobody. Amen. Amen. Just not going to do it. And, and, and I'll say this. The Lord has said something to me. The, the, the meetings we have coming up and, and the different things, the Lord, I've, I've set some time aside recently uh, for fasting and prayer, and I'm, I'm saying that only for this reason. The Lord began to speak to me about something. I was telling my wife on the, on the way to church tonight. And I feel liberty to say it tonight. You watch in the area that we're in, and I mean, I mean, Little Rock, Arkansas, the surrounding area, and and some parts of the nation. You watch. You mark my words. You mark down the date and the time, and you mark it down. There are ministries that look solid, and it's going to come to pass and come out that they're not solid. And I'm not talking about their their financial. Affluency and these things, you're going to find out that spiritually that ministry is not solid. And whether it's that person falling into sin or that person, some, I don't know. But here's what I know: the Lord, the Lord spoke to me, and He said, "When it happens, He said, you get no pleasure out of it. You don't. You, there's no joy in it." He said, "They're not solid. Your job is to stay solid." Amen. See, it's, it's so important. It's so important. So, so when God calls you to do something, there's more at stake than just your call. Amen. It's, there's more at, at stake than just your reward. Colossians says if you're going to pastor people, that you have to be willing to take the time to present that body mature before Christ. So when I stand before Christ, I'm not just standing before Christ for me. I'm standing before Christ for my whole church. Amen. 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 John 18, verse 36. And this, is, this will be our last verses right here. Verse 36. Jesus answered, he was answering Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now my king, is my kingdom not from here? And Pilate said unto him, Are you a king then? And Jesus said, You say I'm a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause I came into the world. Now stop right there. Stop right there and, and just bear with me for one moment. 
I've heard this preached over the years, and I've even preached it before, that Jesus was talking about the cause was his death. But notice, for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. I should bear witness unto the truth. Notice this, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Mm. See, that's us. We're of the truth. We hear his voice. And that's a good place to say that out loud. Say, I hear his voice because I'm of the truth. Amen. We can hear the voice of the Lord, the word. The word makes perfect sense to us because we're of the truth. We agree with God's ways. We agree with God's plans. Why? Because we're of the truth. And, Lord, I'll say that. I'm, I'm not trying to take any extra time. You are wasting your time trying to help somebody that won't listen to the truth. You are wasting your time. You're wasting your money, and you're wasting your effort. And you can run from here to there and from state to state trying to help somebody, and if they won't listen to the truth, you're wasting your time. All you're doing is wasting money and burning gas. Amen. Yeah, but there's always a chance. They're not, they're not listening. And you can put yourself under the pressure to change somebody or change a situation, and it's not going to change until that person wants to listen to the truth. Yeah, but I just love them and care about them. I understand that. I understand. I had a, I had a, a loved one one time that I was, oh, my goodness, I was so concerned about. And I was praying one day. And the Lord finally said to me, he said, Philip, who loves them more, you or me? Well, you, Lord, you died for them. And the Lord said, okay, then who's in charge of changing them? I said, you, Lord. He said, what's your part? He said, what's my part? I said, change them. He said, what's your part? I said, believe you. He said, okay, then leave it at that. Amen. And there are people that you know, there might even be people under the sound of my voice. You get all worked up trying to fix that person, fix that family member, fix that individual, and you're wasting your time. You're staying up at night wasting your time. You have sleepless nights over somebody that won't obey the truth. And until they obey the truth, they're not going to change. Until they get in church and get under the truth, and do what's right, they're not going to change. The Bible says, we read it tonight, that there are people that keep giving their approval to a lie. There are people that like you chasing after them. And the more you chase after them, the better they feel. That's all free. Hallelujah. Let's stand up tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, but Pastor, that's, that's a little straight up. Yeah, but it, 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 listen, it'll, it'll change your life. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 118, it says it's vain for you to sit up all night and worry about that person. He said, unless the Lord builds the house, you stay up in vain. You're laboring in vain. Hallelujah. Glory to God.